Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 or so minutes long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word seven days a week, every single day, and that helps keep us strong and even growing stronger in our faith. Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, but it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. Help people in your life by sharing these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help them come to God, maybe come back to God. Help them grow in their faith. Help them to start to think about their relationship with God and about their spiritual life. Share with them, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help turn a life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. A great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everyone you can. We're coming back toward our line of thought and study, talking about second chances. God is the God of second chances. You need second chances in your life, don't you? We all do on a regular basis. It's just part of, well, living in this physical realm in our physical bodies we're fallible. We make mistakes. We need people to give us a second chance. <laughs> and it happens over and over and over again throughout our life. Well, thank God that he is the God of second chances. We've been focusing on the parable of the prodigal son that Jesus laid out in Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11. And he talked about that young man who was, well, impulsive, uh, somewhat immature, I think we could we could understand. And so he, at some point in his life, he petitioned his father, can you, I, I'd like my inheritance right now. I don't want to wait until, you know, down the road somewhere 10 or 15 years from now when you might die. I want, I want my inheritance now. And under the culture of that day, that could be granted. Well, the father gave him his inheritance. The text tells us that he very quickly after receiving his inheritance, left home. He gathered all that he had, took the money with him, you know, and he went off to a far land. And I suspect maybe the father did not even know exactly where he was for some time. But it says that he went off to a far land and he wasted his money in prodigal living. Now that word prodigal means wasteful. So he wasted his money. He wasted his inheritance, and you can imagine the kinds of things he might have been involved in and the kinds of impulsive spending that he might have been engaged in on an ongoing basis until all of a sudden it was all gone. Now, he was in a foreign land, and we probably could understand he had basically no real friends there, no family members, and so he began to become hungry, and he went to a person, probably a farmer of some kind in that area, and he asked him to take him in, put him to work. Well, that man put him to work feeding his pigs, feeding his pigs. The text tells us that this young man was so down and out, so hungry, and I think we can understand becoming more and more malnourished that he looked at the food he was feeding the pigs and thought that would be good for him to eat. Now think about that. He had lived in his father's home. His father, the, the portrait of his father, portrayal seems to be that he was probably a wealthy man. 
And he had plenty then when he was living under his father's roof, but now he went off on his own, wasted everything that he had, and pig food looked good to him. Well, went from what? Plenty to the pig pen. Of course, the account is not supposed to be talking to us primarily about a literal young man and a literal father who is wealthy and a literal pig pen. The father is meant to symbolize. Now, remember, this is a parable that Jesus was using to get across a lesson. The father is meant to represent God, our heavenly father, who created us in his image to be with him for all of eternity in heaven, in his home. The young man is supposed to portray us, weak, making mistakes, sinful. Now, the text tells us that the young man, after a while, he came to realize, I'm in the pig pen. Pig food looks good to me, and I don't have enough of that. My father's house, even the servants have plenty to eat and enough to spare. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to tell my father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I don't deserve to be your son anymore. Would you please just take me in and make me a servant? That was an attitude of repentance that the young man came to. As he then began his journey home and coming close to his house, his father's house, his father saw him afar off. And we made the point that he did not just wait for him to come the rest of the way home. He ran to meet him, embraced him, fell on his neck, hugged him, kissed him, ordered one of the servants, go get a robe to put on him, got a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and kill the fatted calf, and we're going to have a feast. His father was so glad to have him back. The young son said exactly what was in his mind. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you, Father. I don't deserve to be your son any longer. Please just make me a servant. But the father was going to have none of that. He restored him to his position as his son. He was glad to have him back. God is the God of second chances. God, in this case, ran to meet that repentant boy. Well, what's another characteristic of God portrayed in this account? God is a God who waits. Filling heaven's mansions is God's goal, his desire. When we think about God's patience to call us to repentance, think about about what would await us if God was not patient with us, if God was not the God of second chances, if God was not a God who is willing to wait for us to come to our senses, to come to repentance. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 37, verses 37 and 38, these words, Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors, in other words, the sinners, the unrepentant sinners, shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off, shall be cut off. If God was not a God of second chances, if God was not a God who waits for us, gives us time to come to repentance, we'd be lost. We'd be lost. In James chapter 2 and verse 13, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God is a God of mercy. 
He's a God of patience. He is the God of second chances, and he wants to give us another chance. Think about in that one short verse, Romans 6, verse 23, and I know we emphasize this a lot in these daily Bible classes, but think about what that says. It, 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 it displays both ends of the spectrum. The wages of sin is death, but what a great transition word. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's long-suffering, that verse tells, tells us, toward us. What does long-suffering mean? Patient. He's a God who waits. He's giving us time. Now, time will run out one day. Either we will come to the end of our physical life on this earth, or the Lord will come again first for the final day of judgment, and time will be up to repent. It'll be over with. We'll have no more opportunity to repent. But God is waiting right now. In your life, you might be thinking, I, 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 I need forgiveness, but I'm, I'm too bad to be good. I've done too many horrible things. God surely would not be willing to forgive me. Remember, God is a God of patience. God is a God who waits. Remember that portrayal of the father in the story of the prodigal son. He ran to meet his boy coming back home in repentance. God is a God of grace. By grace, we have been saved through faith. And that, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. God wants to forgive us. He wants to forgive us. In, in Acts chapter 17, we look at verses 30 and 31. And here the apostle Paul is telling of the day when God is expecting us all to come back to him. Acts 17, verses 30 and 31. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, speaking of days gone by, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Speaking of Jesus, he's going to come back to judge the world, to judge mankind. But God is giving us time right now. He commands that we must come to repentance, and it is his will that we do so. It, it's interesting. We look at Romans chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and here is that grace of God, that patience of God, that, that, that character that, that tells us he is a God who waits. Verses 4 and 5, Romans chapter 2, do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now that day is coming. We read that in, in Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and, 30 and 31. God has appointed the day when he'll send his son back into this world to judge all mankind, to call us all to give account for the way we have lived our lives, to give account for all that we have done in this physical life, both good and bad, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. 
But God right now is waiting. He's giving you time for, to take advantage of that second chance that he offers you. Our sins could never be greater than God's grace and willingness to forgive. Our failures could never surpass God's love. The mistakes in our past do not predict our future if we're willing to change. Remember, if any man would be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Imagine the thrill in that boy's heart when his father not only let him come home, but ran to meet him and hugged him and kissed him and told the servant, bring the robe to put upon him, bring new sandals to put on his feet, put a ring on his finger, kill the fatted calf, let's celebrate because my boy was dead and he's alive. God is the God of second chances and he's ready to give you a second chance if you'll come to him for one. Let's pray. Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you for giving us, promising us a second chance if we will come to you in repentance and seek forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Melt our hearts, Father. Help us to become humble and to come to you for that second chance. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.